the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. This is going to be episode... 20. Can you believe it? This is crazy to me. We keep on trucking along and getting great content and uh, you can get all those resources at eeleaders.com. It's amazing when you just walk. You just take one week at a time or one step at a time doing what God's called you to do and you actually get somewhere far. We're coming to a close of season two of the Leadership Lessons podcast. Um, And as you've noticed, the last few lessons, we've really been talking about preaching. Okay, We've been talking about preaching to ourselves, Um, preaching in a different culture, sermon prep, studying the Bible. And so I thought this would be a good time to sort of pivot, close out um, this season by talking about the importance of hard work in ministry, hard work in ministry. And so the next few episodes are going to be a little bit different. They're going to be dealing with serving God while suffering uh, with Pastor John Panico sharing about that. I have uh, Pastor Ben Corson sharing on pastoral depression. What does that look like when you're discouraged, you're suffering and serving God? Or what about dealing with anxiety? I do an interview with Pastor Will Torres, uh, who's planning a church in Boynton Beach. And, and also uh, the importance uh, where we draw our strength from in prayer and ministry with an interview of my dad, Joe Williams. And so um, just taking a little pivot, I, I map out uh, seasons uh, the season of what sort of I want to share, what's been on my heart. I hope this last uh, few episodes about preaching to yourself and others and culture and loving the city, all these episodes are, are uh, been beneficial for you. And so I just want to let you know this is where we're going. And today, today on this episode, um, we're going to talk about working hard unto the Lord. Uh, really excited about this topic. I want to acknowledge that a church leader, uh, being a church leader is amazing. It's incredible but it also requires some hard work at the same time. And I think this is important for us to say as leaders that leadership is hard, Uh, acknowledging that even serving in a church where there are Christians and believers around us, it's still hard at times. And so being a church leader serving Jesus requires for us to to have perseverance, to have diligence, um, and to work hard. Uh, and you know what? This is a good thing to work hard. And I want to I give you a Bible study today, give you some, some perspective on what the Word of God tells us to do and how work is an opportunity of worship. Because being a church leader is an amazing gift from God. Uh, it's by the grace of God that we have uh, the position that we have to be able to love people, serve people, whether it be in, in children's ministry, whether it be teaching the Bible, whether it be administration, um, whatever uh, task you find yourself in, it's because God has placed you there. It's by His grace. And this is how grace works. God gives us grace and His sovereignty and His goodness and just who He is. Uh, we can't earn His grace, but we're always responsible for it. Um, I want you to think about this biblically, even when you think about salvation. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, it says, For by grace we have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. This is grace. It's salvation. But in verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God wants us doing good works. Uh, And so we aren't saved by our works, but we're saved to work. Uh, It's a part of God's grace and His plan for our lives. He is a really good and great God. 
Peter would address sort of this issue of, of working for the Lord um, and responding to His grace in 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11, as each one has received a gift, what is a gift? It's grace, uh, by God, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's variety, grace. Whoever speaks as one speaks oracles of God and whoever serves as one serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. We are to exercise the gifts, the grace that God has given us, the responsibility. And when we do that, it's not that we brag and boast on the works that we do. We're just exercising the grace God's given us and He receives more glory. And so we're responsible with the grace that God has given us. Uh, and Jesus actually talks about this, that those that are given much are responsible for much. And so today I want to talk to you about the importance of work. Work and how working hard, especially in ministry, matters. Yes, this is another fun subject that people love talking about, right? Don't you hear Bible studies all the time on this subject? Not at all. Uh, because in our flesh, we don't want to work hard. We want to be lazy. There are things that uh, that we think about wrong even about work. I know for even a lot of Christians, we're, we're frustrated at the idea of work. We, we can get frustrated because we often think of the curse, the fall, right? In Genesis chapter 3, 17 through 19, um, because of the sin of man, Adam, uh, God actually gave thorns to the ground and cursed the work that we do. And so it's hard to work. Uh, to be a good worker. Um, and our culture has embraced this in the flesh. We don't want to work. We want to work as many uh, short years as possible and then retire immediately, right? Uh, we live for retirement. We live for the weekends rather than living uh, our everyday lives working unto the Lord. Um, but I want us to see the gospel in this subject of work and working hard. Uh, the gospel meaning good news of Jesus. Jesus brings some good news. Yes, our work has been cursed, but man is made in the image of God and made to create, made to work. And God gave us that commission even before the curse happened. And even though w working is hard now, God and Jesus is able to redeem our work and, and actually allow us uh, to work for Him. I want to remind you when it comes to this grace, Romans 5.20 says, where sin increased, grace abound all the more. And so there's grace in our work. There's this balance of grace and work and God's sovereignty and responsibility throughout Scripture, throughout salvation, throughout work and our everyday lives. And so now what is causing us sweat, what is causing us agony, what could be painful at times, working hard, actually is redeemed by God. He could use something like the gift of work to bring value to our lives, to bring Him glory, to be a witness to this world and how we work, and allow us to worship Him by working unto the Lord. And so it's a big topic. It's a lot. I'm actually going to go from my notes from a message that I uh, a few months ago recently taught uh, at Redemption Church when we were doing a study on grace, a series on grace. And and um, this may actually feel more like a Bible study with a lot of scripture, with a lot of quotes, these type of things. But I think it's important. And honestly, man, you're a church leader. You need a Bible study. You need to seek God in his word. And so that's what we're going to do today. My head is probably going to be down in my notes a lot more. But I really think it's important to give you this content and do uh, sort of a Bible study around Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 verses 22 through 23 um, talks about work and this idea of working hard unto the Lord. Uh, it says, bond servants, and this of course is Paul writing, uh, obey in everything those who are 
your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord, uh, the Lord Christ, for the wrongdoer will be repaid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Here's the deal. The first thing I want you to sort of understand about work. Work is a big deal. It's a big deal to God, so much so that the Apostle Paul would actually write to a church in Colossae and, and address this issue. And the, in this section of the letter, is like most uh, sections of the letter of Paul, there's uh, application at the, the back end of the book. Um, because the first end is theology. It's the study of God. It's the response uh, of who God is. Uh, Ephesians is a typical classic uh book like this. The first three chapters are about salvation and, and God and who He is. And, and then the, the second half of the, chap, uh, the book, chapters four through six, are like all about how do we respond to that. And Paul's letter is no different like when he addresses um, this in Colossians. Um, the first half of this letter in Colossians is all about who God is. Uh, chapter one, verse 13 through 14, He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. God just gives us these amazing truths about salvation, about who He is through His Word. And, and Paul is trying to address this uh, to be um, practical and to help us because what we think actually matters. And so he's speaking to us and he's saying, hey, we have salvation in Jesus. We have grace in Jesus. That He goes on and says in this chapter that he is the head of the body, the church, and it's glorious. He's preeminent and in all and through all we have our being. He goes then and says, therefore, in chapter 2, verse 6, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, if you're a believer, so walk in him. Apply this to your heart and to your life. Be rooted and built up in Him, the Word of God says, established in your faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And so he's giving us all this great theology, chapter 1, chapter 2. And in chapter 3, it actually makes a shift um, and says, now worship God. Apply this knowledge of who God is. Remember, as a church leader, this isn't religion. This isn't a game. We're not just doing this for a lifestyle. Uh, this is worship unto the Lord. God has done something amazing in our lives. Now the overflow of that work that Jesus did by His grace on the cross, giving us forgiveness of our sins, empowering us with the Holy Spirit. Now we have a relationship with God. We want others to know about Jesus and, and to, to have ministry and overflow of our heart. And so, man, um, in, in chapter 1, uh, or in chapter uh, 3, verse 1, it says, Set your mind on things above. We're to put off the things of the flesh, the sin now, or respond to God's grace and live for Him, to put on things of righteousness, things of the Spirit. Um, and so Paul is giving very specific and now giving instructions to husbands, to wives, to children, um, to bond servants, and to masters. And he really addresses two big issues in the practical application of this letter, um, and a lot of letters actually, uh, family and work. Family and work. These things are a very big deal um, because we spend most of our time uh, with these two things, doing these two things. Literally, we're sleeping, we're with our family, we're at work. Uh, these are a big part of our lives. And so um, Paul addresses this in a very practical sense. He wants you to know that work is a big deal. I love that about God's Word, by the way. Uh, it's very practical. It gives us things that pertain to all of godliness, to live this life. 
And so work is a big deal and a part of our life. It's a big source of our income. Um, and really, this is how we spend a lot of our time. I was thinking about this. Let's say the average Joe spends 40 hours a week. 40 hours a week from ages 20, even though I started working when I was 15, ages 20 through 65, right? 65 is sort of like the glory days of retirement, even though that's actually bumping up to 67 and 72. But let's just say for 45 years, a person works, okay? Mr. Joe or Miss, Mrs. Jane, all right? Uh, they get two weeks of vacation every single year. Now, I know I probably already lost you because of math, but I love doing this type of thing. It helps me sort of visualize how much we work. Uh, in that time, the average person will work 90,360 hours of their life will be spent on working. Now, listen, you have to understand this. That's a lot of time. And this is why the Bible really addresses work, because it's a big deal uh, in our lives. Especially now as Americans, you see that we're working way more than 40 hours a week. Um, you know, this is averaging... Uh, 40 hours a week for hourly employees. But you know what? As a most church leaders, people in ministry, we're not hourly, are we? We're salary. Uh, we work all the time. We spend a lot of our time. And this isn't just in ministry. This is happening all throughout our culture uh, in a thing called the side hustle. You may have heard of it. You actually may have experienced it and doing it right now. Uh, a side hustle is a way to make some extra cash that allows you to pursue what you're most interested in. And a lot of Americans, a lot of people, a lot of millennials are having a side hustle, which is changing our culture. Uh, in a recent article that I read in the New York Post called Half of Millennials Have a Side Hustle, it says that selling things online to making, making clothing, accessories, or simply putting in cleaning, uh, cleaning shift to get those extra dollars, 50% of the young Americans surveyed are currently grinding away outside of their main job in a bid to make things happen. And this isn't just for millennials, this is for baby boomers as well. The article goes on and says, baby boomers dedicate an average of 15 hours per week to their side hustle, while millennials spent 12 hours on theirs. So people are working 40 hours, maybe more with the salary, plus they have a side hustle of 10 to 15 hours a week of work. Um, can you relate to this, doing ministry and having a side hustle, trying to pay the bills? You know, sometimes ministry uh, doesn't pay the best. Uh, ministry sometimes doesn't pay everything for our bills and so we have to be bivocational or even have uh, tri-vocation I guess I mean having three different jobs at, at times um, having our wife's work having our husband's work uh, doing things to just be creative and just doing what we need to do and this requires us to work hard um, I could relate to this my wife she has a few side hustles and jobs. She teaches piano lessons, uh, vocal lessons, which she does great. We also sing together in restaurants, bars, those type of things for extra income. She has a side drawing business as well. Big shout out to her, Design, uh, Dear Laura Jean Designs. Uh, you can follow her on Instagram. Just throwing that out there for you. Um, and myself, I, I do a lot of graphic design, social media management. Right now, this month, I'm in a big project building a website uh, for someone. And so I feel like I'm always hustling. I'm always working. I'm always trying to provide for my family. Um, and ministry is demanding. And so I, I'm bivocational or I'm picking up this job or this job. And it's like, it's like we're spending our time doing so much stuff. Right? You ask people, how you doing? And the first response is, I'm busy. It's because we're doing stuff. 
so much stuff. And, and, and God wants to redeem what we do to be worship unto Him. And a lot of people are doing this. It's not just people in ministry. I was reading another article because you just sort of get lost in the, the research world. Uh, this was an article by Forbes talking about the UK. And it said, according to the Henley Business School, uh, one in four people in the UK right now is already running a business as a side project, com- contributing to an estimated 72 billion pounds to the economy. Now, this is crazy. A lot of people are working, but yet in their work, they're not satisfied. Can you relate? Have you ever had sort of like we call it a dead-end job or maybe um, something that we do that doesn't really satisfy? A lot of people uh, actually don't like their jobs. I praise God that I love being a pastor. I love being the pastor of Redemption Church. I love studying the Bible. I love what we do. Even in the down of ministry, man, there are so many highs. It's such a blessing to do what we got to do. But we deal with a lot of people uh, that don't like doing what they do. I, I do a lot of jobs sometimes, other besides ministry, that I just don't like doing. It just takes time. It takes energy. And, and many people actually don't like their jobs, and your attitude matters about your job. According to success.com, an article called Are People Happy With Their Jobs? It says that a study by Gallup found that unhappy workers cost the U.S. between $450 to $500 billion in lost productivity because they're not happy, they're not motivated, they don't aren't excited, they're not doing as good as work as they should be. It's causing companies to lose almost a half a trillion dollars, $500 billion. In addition, unhappy workers can develop health issues. These complications can uh, include loss of sleep, unhealthy weight gain, lower immune system, and ruined relationships. Listen, here's the reality. It's a lot of facts and articles, and I can go on and on and on, but the reality is your job can affect your personal life because it's a part of your life. And this is something that God wants to address. Ministry is a part of your life. If you are getting paid for a church, that is a part of your life. This is important to God. It seems like we can do what we love and be poor, or we can hate what we do and earn money. And having a career that you love and being paid well is a very rare thing um, and seems to be in our culture abnormal. It is not normal if you're a church leader getting paid and you are happy. This is an incredible gift from God. We should not take advantage of this because many people in our society are having a hard time making it financially and loving what they do. This is a conversation I think too that we need to be sensitive to that this is a conversation that the Western society, the USA is having Um, because we are a wealthy country. This is a a thing that I think we often forget. Work uh, is a blessing in the United States because Um, In most countries, people work way hard and still can't provide for their family or make a dollar a day Uh, because many people work in the world just to eat. It doesn't, we don't work just to be fulfilled and satisfied like sometimes we think in America. No, we have to work just to eat. Proverbs talks about this. Proverbs 16.25, a worker's appetite works for him. It's good for him because his mouth urges him on. One of the reasons we have to work is just simply to eat. And a lot of Americans feel this way and are living this way. We know this. Uh, NBCnews.com said that um, in 2017, in an article they wrote called Most of Us Live Paycheck by Paycheck, uh, they state that Career Career Builder released a report claiming that as many as 78% of Americans, okay, 
Full-time workers in America are living from paycheck to paycheck, 3% more of us than last year. What, uh, what's more is 71% of us are in debt. Again, 3% more of us than last year. The, the stress of, of just trying to survive is something relevant to God. Uh, it's something that's important to Him. And so a lot of people are just trying to work to survive, uh, not only in the third world country, but even in America. They're not happy at their job. They're not working hard. And um, God addresses this. See, whatever your thoughts or feelings are about at work, we have to say it's important to our lives. And God speaks to the important things. And Paul addresses it head on in this text. God wants us to worship Him in our work. Uh, just a few verses before, I read 22 through 25, but a few verses before in verse 17, Paul would say, Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God our Father through Him. And this includes work. God wants us to work hard. And so in verse 22, he says, Bond servants, those who work for a living, that would apply to you and I if we are employees. Because a very common thing back in the day was people would actually become slaves on purpose to pay off debt, to work the land, to have food, and to survive. A bondservant of those willing to choose to do this. Uh, and you and I as employees, we willingly in America choose to work for this company or for that company for a wage. And so this is actually more relevant to our lives than we think. Paul said he was a bondservant of Christ. Oftentimes they would take servants out to the gate and those that would want to stay to work for their master, they would put a ring in their ear. And Paul was like, hey, if you're a bondservant, if you're willing to work for a wage, um, man, this is to you. Paul gives instruction to those working for a living, which is a lot of us. And he says, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. Now we know, obviously, if our earthly masters are saying to break the law or to sin, then we shouldn't do that. We obey God over man. But this principle is true that if our earthly master has requirements, expectations, job descriptions for us for a wage, we should do it. By, not by eye service as people pleasers, not just working when they are there, but sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. He goes on in verse 23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord. And not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as a reward, for you are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid for the wrong he has done. God does not show partiality. Uh, the employer, um, the master, will give an account to God. But our role in this position of work being an employee is to work hard and to do it unto the Lord. Not just doing it when our boss is there or... Um, doing it for our own kicks and getting our own pleasure, but doing it because we've come upon agreement to do something. Uh, and Paul says almost the same thing in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5-8. through eight. It's a common thing where he addresses in God's Word. If we are getting paid a wage to do something for an employer, we should be working. God doesn't want us robbing as uh, our employers. Uh, this is an important principle for us to know. Um, whether you work for a church or not, uh, we should do um, the ministry and the things that God's called us to do, and that's including work. Uh, Proverbs 20, 23, and bring a lot of Proverbs because it's very practical. It deals with these things. Uh, it says, unequally yokes are an abomination to the Lord, and false scales are not good. Listen, it has to be said. It should be said. Being on your cell phone, checking Facebook or Instagram while you're at work, 
shouldn't be taking place. Your employer does not pay you to check your cell phone, to check your text, to do these things. Uh, or working hard when the boss um, is only there is just really not acceptable. This isn't found in the Bible. This is a way that we can actually have false scales. When we have a job and we're agreeing upon a wage, we should work hard for that job, doing that job. And we should yet let our yes be yes and our no be no, like James 5.12 says. Uh, Proverbs 12.22 says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are His delights. And so when we say we are going to do a job for a certain wage, you know what we should do? That job for that wage. Not complaining, but worshiping God and having a good attitude and, and making our commitments. Um, it would be better to quit your job than to be lazy and misrepresent God uh, in your workplace. Okay, If you said you're going to work for eight hours, uh, $8 an hour, um, then you should work for $8 an hour. If you said you're going to work for $100 an hour, then you should work for $100 an hour. But we have this decision of where we work, how we work sometimes, and we should come with an attitude of saying, okay, work is work, but don't you know that the flesh, we just want to be lazy, don't we? We want to be, we want to quit or be lazy, and that's not the answer because the Bible says that we're to work. We were made to work. We have gifts and talents and grace that God has given us. And sometimes, even in ministry, work is work. It's hard work. And some people actually refuse to work. And the Bible, well, they rebuke them. In Proverbs 13, 4, it says, The soul of a slugger craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Proverbs 21, 5 says, The desire of the slugger kills him. Being lazy, not wanting to work hard, just sort of going haphazardly and just laziness and sluggerness. Well, man, for his hands refuse to labor. It's not good. You're, you're going to go with want. Uh, if we don't work, we don't eat, the Bible says. And this is actually a good thing. It gives us incentive because work is hard. See, work is an important thing, but we have to just acknowledge work is hard. And God just doesn't want us to work hard, but he wants us to work hard unto Him. He wants our work, our time, all this energy that we're spending to be worship unto Him. And so our work should be one that we receive through grace and apply it through faith, trusting God that we can work unto Him and not have to worry about our employer, our master, these people that may even do us wrong at times. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And so we trust God as we make a commitment, as we work hard and worship to Him, even when our boss isn't around, that He sees our work. He's given us talents and gifts and abilities. And when we do this, 1 Peter 4, verses 10 through 11, it brings Him glory. It brings Him glory. See, through this good news of Jesus, we can actually worship God uh, as we work. This large amount of time that we are spending um, this large amount of time that we are spending at work and at our jobs, God actually gives us an opportunity to trust Him and to worship Him. You remember, God created us, man, to work. And we get fulfillment through work. We see the example of this in Genesis chapter 1, before the fall, that the Bible says in verse 28 that God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over every living creature that moves on the earth. We were made in the image of God and, and as God created the world, we're actually able to create things. That God gave us matter and ability and gift and placed Adam in a garden to uh, create 
But the crazy thing is sin entered the world and our fellowship God was broken. We missed the mark and, and we don't always reflect God's glory. And now we're dealing with broken people and heartache and pain and the curse has come and, and now we strive and, and have hardship in our work. But the beautiful thing is Jesus came to redeem us to take away sin, to lift this curse. He saves us from the penalty of sin. He restores our ability to reflect God's glory and to be um, walking in His Spirit. Remember Jesus said, I am the light uh, and you are the light because His Holy Spirit is in us. And now through this gospel, this good news, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We can reflect God's character. And Jesus said, you are now the salt and light of the earth. And as you do good works, Matthew 5, 16, it actually brings glory to the Father. And so part of our good work is working at our work. Do you understand that? That's part of our worship. It's where we spend a lot of our time. God has placed this system of work so that we would make money, feed our families, do these things. But now through faith, we're actually able to please God and actually worship Him, bring glory to Him. Through the gospel, through this good news, we could respond in the everyday life of stuff with worship unto God. And so whatever we do, whether that's a stay-at-home mom, changing diapers, making dinner, washing dishes, cleaning the house, running errands, taking out the trash, it doesn't have to be just on a Sunday, it could be a Wednesday afternoon or during a walk that the Lord sees our hearts and we now can worship Him. Because remember, we don't have to go to the temple anymore to worship God. We are his holy temple and his spirit lives inside of us and so whatever you do paul says whatever you do work heartily as for the lord not for men this could be a job this could be vocation this could be just something you're doing uh, and volunteer hours you don't have to get paid because it's whatever you do you can worship uh, the lord and not doing it for men knowing that the lord you receive an inheritance is your reward you are serving the lord christ I think that many people need to hear this truth, need to be reminded of this truth and embrace this. Listen, we don't just celebrate Mondays in our in our culture, do we? Right? We celebrate the weekend. We, we celebrate the highs, man, our free time. In our culture, we live for the highlights. On social media, we post the highlights, the weekends, the holidays, the parties. But the Bible says in whatever you do, that means both the highlights, praise God, but it also means the small, mundane stuff that no one cares about in our culture. Jesus cares. We're to worship Jesus and can worship Jesus in both the big and the small. And we fully, we don't fully appreciate and understand the significance of just a faithful life of worship. Because I think sometimes often we think of grace in a bad way, in a false way. We think of blessing, favor, what grace looks like, and it really messes us up messes us up in our culture, even when we think about work. Well, we think God's grace is that we would have a job that makes $50 an hour, that we wouldn't really work a lot and just do whatever we love. That's true grace. But can I just encourage you? God actually makes the mundane miraculous. And He gives grace, and it may not look like what you think. Let me give you a couple examples about this, because I think this is important and this relates to our work. The first time in the Bible we see grace, the word favor from God, is found in Genesis chapter 6. After the fall, uh, it was wicked at the time. It was Genesis chapter 6 verse 8. And and the story is of Noah, uh, where there was wickedness in man's heart all over. A lot of bad things were happening. but, But the Lord saw the wickedness of man. It was great. 
and the intention of their heart and there was continual evil but no in verse 8 it says it's found favor with the Lord in the eyes of the Lord right God could have just wiped out mankind which he rightly should have but he's a God of grace and mercy and and so Noah found grace before the Lord and this is important to understand then he worked he worked for a hundred years this is important to know and be encouraged in that God gives grace in hopeless situations. Your job may be a dead-end job, it may be hard, it may be terrible, but there's still grace in your work. There could still be grace in your job. Now think about Noah. God blessed him beyond measure. He poured out his grace and favor and then said, now go work, right? Build an ark. And this ark was no like small task. This was a huge task taking a lot of time. Actually, Genesis 5.32, through Genesis uh, 6, 7, uh, and when he gets this call in Genesis 5, 32, he's 500 years old. In, in Genesis 6, 7, when we see the ark being built and built, uh, he's 600 years old. This was 100 years of him working hard. Can you imagine trusting God, not making sense for 100 years? But Genesis 6, 22 says, Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. He just, by faith, man, was just doing it, doing it, doing it. God used the mundane work to give Noah an opportunity to worship, to trust Him. Day after day, month after month, year after year, century after century, with the majority of Noah's time for this next hundred years, even though he found grace, he was just simply working. And God was pleased by that because he was trusting God. He was just doing it unto the Lord. We don't tend to think grace is hard. And then the everyday stuff of life. We think it's all about the goodness and the highs because God is with us. But God was with Noah. Hebrews addresses this in chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, which means in worship, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. And by this he commended the world, condemned the world, and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Noah used this opportunity of work, how he was going to spend the majority of his life, this hundred years, building this ark. Through faith, it was worship. He trusted God. And you know what? God gives us the same opportunity as Noah. He gives us grace, but yet he places us in mundane, everyday situations, things like work, that we can actually worship. And this is a pattern he not only did this with Noah, he did this with Abraham. Abraham gets a promise from God. God makes a covenant by grace, right? He finds grace from God, um, and then he has to wait. Genesis 16, 16, Abraham was 86. The very next chapter, Genesis 71, 17, verse 1, then Abraham was 13 years old, and the Lord appeared to Abraham again. It takes, I think, so hard for us to understand. We read the Bible. We turn the page, it's the next chapter. That was 13 years for Abraham, okay? That he had to wait, that he had to trust, that he had to keep on believing God. The same thing was true for Joseph. He had a dream, but then he went into slavery and he had to wait. Moses had a calling on his life, but then he was in the wilderness for 40 years. I think one of the clearest examples of this waiting and working in the mundane when no one's around when in the small ways is Jesus we know that Jesus was perfect perfect in all of his ways right the Lamb of God sinless but we really don't know very much about his childhood do we 
right? Wouldn't that be nice to know about Jesus' childhood? I mean, that would help me. My son is 12. My daughter is 10 right now. I can get some parenting lessons from that. I could say, hey guys, look at this how Jesus acted. Why don't you do like that? But there's not very many verses about Jesus. We have the Christmas story, which ends in chapter 2, verse 40 of Luke, that the child grew, Jesus grew and became strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. There was grace upon his life, and then we have nothing written for years. We have a little bit of a hiccup, a little bit of a glimpse at the age of 12. The Bible gives us a few verses about one story where Jesus was 12 at the temple and he was doing the will of God and the work of God. And in verse 252, it says, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in the favor with God and man. And then there's nothing again. But both times we see there was favor, there was grace. Jesus was perfect. He always worshiped God. But in those in-between times where no one saw it, you know what Jesus was doing? Living for God. Oftentimes we highlight in ministry the Sundays, uh, the Bible studies, the midweek. But in between time, we don't want to worship. That's, that's, not, that's not okay. Because we have God's grace, has favor, and He's called us to worship, to trust Him in our everyday life of stuff. I think about Jesus and His impact. The Bible didn't record it, and I think that was for a purpose. He didn't record His childhood to give us in some encouragement. I mean, think about it. Those unseen years of trusting God, and yet He had favor. How relevant is that to us when we go to work on Monday? We get to study the Bible and, and preach the internal good news of Jesus Christ on a Sunday, but yet many of us are working on Monday through Friday, and we think that's insignificant. My friends, that's not insignificant. That could be worship as well. When we teach the Bible, we're just worshiping God, doing it unto the Lord. When we're prepping for our sermon, right? When we're counseling, when we're creating that lesson for the children, the Bible talks about how our everyday life of stuff, how work can actually be holy and unto the Lord. Most of Jesus' life was seen and spent in the unseen years working, doing normal life, but it was worship. He grew in his trade. He was a carpenter, a construction worker, and it was the Father's grace that was on Jesus' life. And yet, even when it wasn't recorded, we know that this is true. Even when we don't have highlights or memories of big things in our life, things we can't Instagram like mopping our floor taking out the trash, playing with our kids, raising them in God's ways. God sees the work that we do, these unseen things that people don't see, but we by faith can worship God. And God uses these times, the Monday through Friday, to prepare us to have a ministry on the weekend, on the Sunday morning. See, Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is so important for us to understand that God's favor on us may look differently, right? We may be going through a hard time, but we know that Jesus' righteousness is on us. We may be going through a trial and it looks crazy, but we can have the peace of God inside of us. God can give us joy through any circumstance, even through our pain, and His Spirit is with us and we have His favor, His grace. And so yes, life sometimes is mundane. You're going to spend a lot of time working, but with God and His grace, it can be miraculous, a wonderful opportunity to worship. And now because we can worship in whatever we do, the Bible says, every day of the week, not just in the ministry highs 
are in the ministry lows, but in all that we do, we can live wholeheartedly with integrity for God in everything that we do. And so now we can see that work is a way to worship God. Through Jesus, through his good news, through the gospel, we need to understand work is a wonderful way to worship. So Jesus redeems our work. Now it allows us to work. And the Bible says when we do that work, we are to work hard. Work hard unto the Lord as worship. And so can I just encourage you? I know this was a Bible study was a little longer or whatever, but man, just keep working unto the Lord. Ministry is hard work. Serving the Lord is hard work. Having a job is hard work. It's part of the curse, but through Jesus, he redeems it. And when we work unto the Lord, people notice God is glorified. And we can actually do this for worship unto him. Yes, ministry can be hard, but it is a beautiful way to worship the Lord. So don't give up. Keep working hard. He will actually reward those who continually be faithful unto him. And so I hope you were encouraged by that. I hope that was a blessing. That was just a reminder that that ministry is hard, that we are to work. And on today's one piece of advice, I have my friend Cameron Barber um, encouraging us to work hard as well. I first met Cameron Barber about eight years ago when we both were in California going to plant churches. He, I was going to Florida, of course, and he was going to Washington State, actually right outside where I grew, Lakewood, Washington. I grew up in Tacoma, Lakewood. Uh, it was literally two minutes away from my house. Um, so close, so good. Um, and it was just crazy how the Lord connected us. Our church was actually able to financially support him and his wife and help them as they planted their church. And they planted a great church, Calvary Chapel South Sound in Lakewood, Washington. Um, and so now they're currently serving and merged that church with another church in the area called New City Church, and which is just amazing and incredible and another God story as well. But he's still serving the Lord faithfully right in my hood, in the ghetto. Uh, in Washington State doing a great work and he encourages us not just from the Proverbs not just from what you're going to hear but also I think he encourages us from our his life he's a faithful guy that's been working hard and um, what may seem a small insignificant ministry to man right uh, God sees as a huge thing happening in Lakewood Washington through his faithful worship and obedience he's been bivocational through this whole time serving the Lord and just has a great calling in life and just been faithful to ministry and so here's Cam Barber's one piece of advice on working hard for the Lord. You're listening to One Piece of Advice, brought to you by eeleaders.com, a ministry to encourage and equip church leaders. Hi, my name is Cameron Barber. I'm the pastor here at Calvary South Sound. We're up at Lakewood, Washington, and we wanted to share with you Proverbs 6 6 it says go to the ant you sluggard learn from their ways it becomes wise though you have no print th though they have no prince or ruler to make them work they labor all hard summer gathering food for the winter I think so much of our time is spent worrying about our daily grind worrying about how we're gonna get to work all the things that are going on at work Everything going on in our lives revolves around this one thing, work. Our careers, everything going on, we take so much time to stress about everything. Now I've read this proverb many, many times and I always thought it was telling me that I have just got to go to work and stop being so lazy. 
But over time, I started to look and to see what the ants actually did. Because when Solomon says, go to the ant, you slugger, learn from their ways and becomes wise, he's actually talking about a very specific kind of ant. And these ants rest in the winter. They rest during the day. They take shifts. When it's time to work, they work. When it's time to rest, they rest. And I think we as people, as sinful humans, make idols out of everything, and we do so out of work. So, look to the ant, you sluggard, and be wise in his ways. When it is time to work, work. But when it's time to rest, rest. Because God blesses in times of work and in times of rest. Because we have got to get it through our heads that he's God and he's in control and that we are absolutely not. Well, next week we're going to continue this thought of working hard uh, for the Lord in the highs and in the lows, uh, in our everyday step of life. And I want to talk to you specifically about serving Jesus while suffering. Uh, this is a reality that we are going to go through trials, persecution, these type of things, and we still have to serve God uh, faithfully as a church leader, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. And so I asked my friend, Pastor John Panico from New Life Calvary to share with us. Uh, John uh, served many years here in Delray Beach with me. They just recently moved locations, which is outside of our city, but they're just continually serving the Lord faithfully. So good. And I, I just knew this was the subject I wanted him to share, not just from the Bible study, study perspective, but just from his life. Me and him have consoled one another a lot in ministry, just to hang in there, to not give up, to not to quit. Um, and he's just a great example of working hard, being faithful. He served... Uh, Man, bivocational and many jobs. One of his jobs was being a hospice worker, which seems crazy and hard. Uh, working in recovery, he's done many different things. He also has a daughter with special needs. And so he's gone through a lot while still being faithful, serving the Lord. And he's just a brother that, man, is just is an encouragement to me because he just continually, him and his wife, just have served the Lord through many ups uh, highlights, many great things, but also many lows. And so I'm excited for him to walk through us what it would look like when we serve the Lord in our lows, serving God uh, while still suffering. And so I'm excited for him to pour into us next episode. And I just appreciate your time. I know uh, the episodes uh, sometimes can be shorter or longer, and this one seemed to be a little bit longer, but I think that this is important to understand, to, to recognize that that we are working hard unto the Lord, and that should be our heart, our, our, our attitude. The Lord sees your work, your faithfulness. Uh, he loves you. He cares about you. And so just remember, my beloved brethren, uh, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Hang in there and praying for you. We'll see you next week, and God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this Leadership Lessons podcast. You can watch all the episodes and get all the show notes at eeleaders.com. If this podcast was a blessing to you, I would love for you to share it with your friends on social media. You can find us on social media at eeleaders. You can also help us spread the word by simply writing a review on iTunes or Google Play. My hope for you with this podcast is that it will encourage you and equip you to continue to serve Jesus. Because remember, there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do.